We could see one or multiple new faces because of the absence of Joey Votto early on to begin this season. What that could look like will be the focus of today's Aloha Friday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on reds and welcome into the aloha friday live edition of the show thanks for making locked on reds your first listen of the day we are part of the locked on podcast network and we are free and available on all platforms i'm your host steven offenbaker alongside jeff carr he's over there and we are diehard baseball fans uh, we both have a passion for the cincinnati reds we have taken our love of the game we have taken our passion for baseball and the reds and we have turned that passion into information for you on today's podcast we are going to look at the impact of Joey Votto not being ready for opening day and how that's going to affect the Reds. I know it's not a fun topic, but it is a real topic, and it looks like what is most likely to happen coming out of Goodyear to start the 2023 baseball season, Jeff. Uh, we're going to dig into that, but before we jump into it, I want to tell everybody that the sponsor of today's podcast is FanDuel Sportsbook. They're the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Jeff, let's dive into this Joey Votto talk because I guarantee you it's going to generate a lot of questions and comments for this Aloha Friday live show. Uh, so let's kind of frame this up for everyone. You know, Joey Votto has been trying to work his way back from that shoulder and bicep reconstruction. Uh, he is physically, you know, as far as being able to move his arm, he's there. Uh, he's at a point now in the rehab where it's about getting the baseball things back, getting in to be able to, to take full swings, being able to field his position, being able to do the baseball stuff. And he has said he's not quite there and he's working at it. And uh, that leads us to the question, what are the Reds going to do when we get to March 30th? And Joey Votto is not able to be penciled in at first base. Yeah, because I think with every passing day, this this topic unfortunately becomes more relevant. I want to see Joey Votto at Great American on March 30th. You want to see Joey Votto on at Great American on March 30th, but it doesn't look like that is it's increasingly more and more unlikely because the report was the other day that there is no timetable for him to make his spring training debut. And the more and more that we keep pushing that off, make no mistake about it. it does, it's not as if like Joey Votto needs all of the spring training games, but he has said it that he wants to feel the different things that a game environment can supply that practice can't like the different things of, you know, just getting fooled on a bad pitch or having to dive and catch a ball. That's just, you know, he has to react to or something like that. There's, there's many different things that, try as they might they cannot simulate it so it, it's looking increasingly more likely like this is going to happen so with Votto out this is probably going to open up a roster spot at least one and that means that there's going to be a chance for a new face to join in but who is that but of course we should start with the fact that there is no reason for Joey Votto to rush back no absolutely uh, I am convinced when he does come back he uh, 
you and I both talked about this. Uh, he will be one of those guys that makes some noise, and I really hope to see a comeback player of the year award in his future. I, I, I learned a long time ago not to doubt what he can do. And, you know, I firmly believe that the day that Joey Votto can't really be a contributing member of this team, he'll walk away no matter how much money is on the table. He's just that kind of guy. Uh, that being said, you know, I want to see him back sooner than later. I don't think there is any reason to rush him, Jeff. But one of the interesting things that this creates is to figure out how they're going to replace him. We don't just look at the, the position of first base because uh, as we've talked about, David Bell loves to tinker. He loves the players that can play multiple positions and how they fill in for Joey Votto is going to create opportunities at other places. And I think we look no further than the most recent uh, addition by free agency, Will Myers as the primary substitute for Joey Votto. He won't be the only substitute, but then the dominoes start to fall, right, Jeff? It's okay. Well, we just moved a corner outfielder to play first base. So that is going to create an opportunity for somebody else in the outfield to make the team. Maybe your guy Ramos that you talked about the other day. Uh, it's going to create opportunities to keep the third catcher on the roster because Tyler Stevenson is going to be playing some first base. So it, it does, it creates a lot of moving parts is what I'm saying. 100%. And it's interesting you mentioned David Bell because he was asked about this and he asked about whether or not Joey Votto could play on opening day. And let's play a little bit of read between the lines because we know with David Bell, he's going to give us a lot of nothing answer, but he does say some things that I think we can extrapolate a little bit. He said this, I don't have confidence or a lack of confidence that will happen. Talking about Joey Votto playing on opening day with Joey, I just trust it. Nothing would surprise me. I don't have any more information today. I'm just letting it play out. When he comes back, he's going to be ready to play well. Obviously, we're all hoping for that to be soon, but I want what's best for Joey and our team. His plan, whatever that's meant to be, will work out the way it's supposed to. And when you kind of combine that with the things that Joey has been saying, he's been very noncommittal. If anybody asks him about opening day, he's just like, I'm not focusing on it. I'm focused on getting healthy, on being 100%. So, number one, he's not going to play, you know, 75, 85%. He's going to play when he's at 100%. Number two, I think they're both saying the same thing, and that is he's going to be ready for March 30th. Yeah, we, we know that Joey Votto is very regimented in his preparation and the things that he does to get ready to be a hitter at the big league level each and every season, and he hasn't started taking – legitimate real at bats i know we've seen video of him in the cage you know getting the work in getting the baseball memory fired back up but i think you're absolutely right at this point and this is the same thing we talked about with nick senzel right you know you reach a point in the spring where a guy hasn't done anything yet and you really have to call into the question their ability to just fire it up because yeah. uh, you don't want to run these guys out there and have them embarrass themselves or run them out there and have them re-injure themselves. So taking both of those things into account, I think that I think they're gently preparing us for a, a non-Joey Votto opening day. And this is what Joey had to say as well on the matter. He said, it's not like I'm hedging against re-injury. I just know I want to come back and play well. I want to play every day. I want to perform. I want to make sure when I come back, I come back ready. It's not more complicated than that. And and that was literally to the question of, are you going to be ready for opening day? He's been very like, I'm not going to say yes or no to that because 
well, you know, he could be wrong one way or the other. And he doesn't want to necessarily be wrong. Like if he says yes, and then, well, it's opening day and he's not on the roster, then he's going to look a little bit silly. But remember in the past, like he's always been a guy that's been a little bit non-committal about his injury status. But so far as Joey is concerned, you know, he's going to be 100% when he comes back. We're starting to feel like that's not going to be opening day. So that opens up plenty of opportunity on this roster. You mentioned Nixon Zell too. He might open up opportunity. We might be talking about a couple of different roster spots that will have new faces uh, in those spots because one guy that we didn't talk about, and he is actually starting today at first base for the Reds, is Chad Pender. We talked about him a little bit whenever the Reds acquired him and how well, maybe he could, you know, turn into Brandon Drury or something like that because he's kind of coming out of nowhere. But also, he has the kind of flexibility that, like you said, David Bell wants to tinker with, and David Bell will be able to tinker with if Chad Pender's on the roster. You know, I'm interested to watch him play a little, a little bit more. Um, i am be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about him when the Reds brought him in. You know, I had to go dig and research him a little bit. And he looks like one of those players that could strike gold at Great American Ballpark. It's just yep. a question of is he going to be able to put it all together or not. So I'm interested to see how he plays through the spring. Uh, you know, Chad is one of those guys that when we talk about spring training uh, matters and they could play their way onto the roster. He's one of those guys. Uh, it's going to come down to the end of spring. I think with some of these players did the veterans they brought in. And again, I use that term very loosely veterans, um, but the veterans they brought in, right. uh, did they perform well enough to give the reds the flexibility to send the guys they think might need just a little more seasoning in, in the minors to send them down and let them get that experience before they bring them up. Or, you know, if all things being equal, do they bring a bunch of rookies uh, north with them and start the clocks and, and just roll with it? it, it this is going to be interesting how this plays out. And I don't think, I don't think there's one right answer to just exactly how the reds are going to go here. I, I agree. And that's why he's the first guy that I thought of, but you kind of mentioned it and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but it's clear that with Votto out, that may open up a roster spot or two. And it's time for guys like Chad Pender to step up and take that spot. But, you know, kind of like you mentioned, could a rookie take the open spot? We'll discuss that coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that's Built Bar. When you are looking for healthy but delicious but healthy but also nutritious and also, you know, chocolate, Built Bar fits into all of those categories because everything is covered with 100% real chocolate. Whether you're talking about a puff bar, which is literally just a marshmallow that has protein in it, or one of their regular bars, they all have chocolate covering them, whether they be dark chocolate, white chocolate, or milk chocolate. They fit into everything. Whether you're talking about your diet, your cravings, Built's going to do that. And they've got amazing flavors. They've got like churro puff. They've got coconut puff. They've got a cookie dough chunk, which is a fantastic non-puff bar that I actually had the other day and I love. And, and, and really what it is, if you're looking for that extra boost in the middle of the day where you're like, man, it's, it's snack time, but I don't want to kill this diet that I'm on, Built's going to help you because the macros are amazing. We're talking about up to 17 grams of protein in most of these bars and only four grams of sugar and 130 calories. Those are the kind of numbers that you can trust to help you deliver on tasty and nutritious. So 
Uh, check out built.com today. You can still use the promo code locked on 15 to save some money on built.com, or you can go down the street to Walmart or Sam's club and get you a box today. Walmart's going to have the four bar box and it's going to have some cookies and cream, some double chocolate, some coconut puffs. Like I talked about a moment ago, or you can head on over to Sam's club and get a 13 bar box with brownie batter or churro. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Get some built. You'll thank me later. Coming up on Monday's podcast, how can David Bell earn a contract extension this year? This is the last year of his contract, and well, there's a wide range of outcomes for this Reds team. Is there an outcome that includes him returning? Probably is, but we'll discuss that coming up on Monday. And and as we're talking about the roster and, and, and opportunities for different guys here on the roster with Joey Votto possibly missing time early on in this season... It's worth pointing out that coming up here in just a little over an hour, we do have the starting lineup out. Jonathan India is at second and leading off. You got Tyler Stevenson, a catcher, Will Myers in right field and play, batting third. Jake Fraley, cleanup, batting, uh, playing there in left field. Chad Pender, like we mentioned, he is starting today at first base. And that's kind of where I thought of him first because it looks like they're trying to get that, you know, uh, position flexibility out of him because he kind of figures as more of a corner outfielder on this roster. Then you have Casali DH in batting sixth. You got TJ Friedel in center and batting seventh. Kevin Newman at short and batting eighth. And then Spencer Steer at third base and batting ninth. And Steve, when, I mean, you look at Chad Pender, it seems like, like you said, he's kind of like the veteran here. He might have a slight leg up with that. And, and there's also been reports that he's a locker room guy. We know that we love locker room guys here in Cincinnati. Ball player. Ball, yeah, he's a ball player, real gritty guy, R works real hard, you know, gym rat, you know, something like that. Um, but could a rookie slide into that open roster spot? Because we got a lot of them. I would love to see, I don't know, I would love to see them just go all in on the youth movement, uh, but I don't think they will go all in on the youth movement. I mean, the easy answer is to say, you know what, we're just going to bring uh, Christian incarnacion strand ces man i can't keep saying it like that i can't slow down and say it like i'm Christine playing on phonics i can't do it uh ces it would be yeah. great to just pencil him in and think that he's going to be successful at the major league level right out of the gate and and roll with that uh if they were serious about that they'd be starting those guys in these games you know as we talked about uh the rookies have had a, a couple of the rookies have had a lot of success but it has all come in the second half of the spring training games and that's important it's important to look where these guys are playing in the game because the rookies have been playing against other minor leaguers they've not really been in there against major league level pitchers right. so if if the reds are serious about going with the youth movement and maybe giving one of those guys a shot they're going to have to start putting them in the game uh to start and see how they fare uh i'm excited about how the young guys have played but i'm not all in on Put them on the roster now until I see what they can do against some of the more top tier talent. Well, I think it's important too, because in my mind was just working through this rationale of thought is that, well, okay, we got Will Myers. We got uh, Tyler Stevenson. Kirk Casale could probably play a little first base. You could probably work in a rotation there and then bring up one of the younger guys and have them on the bench. That's not why they're going to bring one of those young guys up. If they bring a young guy with them on opening day, it's because he's going to start. If Christian Encarnacion Strand, 
if Ellie De La Cruz, if Matt McClain is on the opening day roster, it's because the Reds and David Bell and Nick Crawl believe they can play every day. And that is why there might be a little bit of a waiting period for a couple of these guys because you get to the month of May, the month of June, the month of July, see how they're doing in AAA and be like, okay, they're ready. Maybe we can move the guy, the veteran guy off of the position that we're going to have them play every day. And then you go from there. To say that they're going to know that on opening day is a much bigger long shot that I think we're trying to give them credit for. Because as much as we see the talent of these guys, you're right. There, there's an element of just feeling out your surroundings that a rookie goes to. We saw that with Hunter Green. Like we mentioned, like as much as I hyped up Hunter Green and said he is a Cy Young Award winner type kind of guy, like in his career, and I still firmly believe that, he wasn't that guy right out of the gate. And to expect that out of any one of these guys to come out and just go all rookie of the year like Jonathan India did. What Jonathan India did hadn't been done for the Reds in a while. So it, it's not it's not something that happens every single season. I mean, even a, a look at the Atlanta Braves. They're, they're, they had a lot of great rookies last year, but how long has it been since that's been the case? It just doesn't happen every single year, and it doesn't happen with every single guy. All that being said, you did mention the one guy that probably could pull it off. And that's Matt McClain. Uh, yeah. And here's why. Let me let me flesh this out just a little bit. Uh, if they were to bring up uh, one of these rookies and have them not be a starter, say, okay, we're bringing them up. You're the second baseman. You're the third baseman. You're the first baseman, whatever. Matt McClain's the one guy that could come up and still get full-time at bats, but just sliding into the positions of the other guys that are playing first base. So you bring up Matt McClain. Spencer Steer gets a start at first. Matt McClain plays third. Then you bring Pinder. He plays, you know, you can put Matt McClain in a corner outfield. Uh, then you bring Will Myers in to play first. And then McLean can play the other corner outfield. Tyler Stevenson's at first base. McLean could be the DH that day. Uh, he could still get the full time playing uh, until Joey comes back and then someone would have to go. But uh, he's the one guy that I could see finding his way onto the team without really having a dedicated position. Uh, but I fall back again on Matt's had a great spring so far. He needs yeah. to become a starter. He needs to be in the beginning of games at multiple positions and show us that he can do it against that major league talent. And if he still hits like he's hitting right now, starting games, well, then we've got a different conversation. Then we, we've got to talk about how the Reds are going to put him on the roster and keep him on the roster. So yeah. I'm interested to watch that storyline develop. And it's, it's starting to gain a little momentum. If he goes out and has a couple more games like he's had so far, it's going to be time to, to see him earlier in games and see how he does. You find a roster spot for a good bat. I mean, that's just that's what you do every year, any player, whatever it is. If the guy can hit, you find him a spot. And kind of like you mentioned, and, and to add on to this, actually, with Matt McClain, is that when you look at guys like CES and Ellie De La Cruz and guys like that, they're still really young. So you can rationalize, okay, maybe give them a little bit more time in the minor leagues to hone their skills and get ready. Matt McClain's actually kind of at the age where you're like, okay, I could see him being called up to the major leagues. He's He's been through college. He went uh, to UCLA and got that Pac-12 experience and He's kind of moved his way through the minor leagues a little bit quickly, but not like super meteoric quickly. So he could be ready if he continues to show this. But also to your point as well, if you talk about the different players that we have 
coming up through the minor leagues, they all seem to have a position attached to them. Matt McClay's the one guy that doesn't. Like, because you could envision him playing second base. Well, that's blocked. You can envision him playing center field, and yeah, he could still insert his name into that competition, but he hasn't played there yet, and we're seeing a lot of Will Benson, and Will Benson's looking real good. So that might become, you know, blocked. That might be Will Benson's position to hold on to. So could Matt McClain grab a corner outfield spot? Could he grab third base or something like that? That's a hard thing to say, but the plan that you just laid out seems like the most likely plan for him moving forward is the the super utility thing. And, and you need multiple guys because somebody's going to say, well, Jeff, that's what you guys have been saying for Spencer Steer. Yeah, you need multiple ones of those guys. It's not as if only one guy gets an off day every, every other game. So I, I would like to see maybe that, maybe later on this season, I would enjoy seeing that sort of a plan for Matt McClain unfold. And and that's what where we've said is the ultimate goal we think for Spencer Steer. Uh, right now, the start of twenty twenty three, we've been looking at Spencer Steer to be the primary oh, yeah, third yeah, yeah. baseman. So uh, it, that's not really a shift in our stance. It's just uh, a result of there being one extra roster spot with Joey not being ready. So I still think long term Spencer Steer is the super utility guy, but I do think someone else could fill that role temporarily until Joey Votto comes back. But one thing's for sure with Votto out, it does open up a roster spot and it's time for someone to step up and take it. And it's going to be really interesting to just see who that person is going to be. All right, Jeff, we're about to head into my favorite part of the Aloha Friday shows. That is the uh, questions and the comments from the live viewers on the YouTube channel in the comments. And boy, there is some interesting stuff in there today. A lot of it's not going to make its way onto the screen, uh, but we're going to get to that coming up in just a minute. But before we jump into the questions and the comments, I want to talk about the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, we are less than a month away from opening day. God, I can't wait to be back in the Queen City. Uh, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Uh, new customers at FanDuel, FanDuel are going to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you place your first bet, you could wager $1,000 on a spring training game tomorrow. Don't do that. But if you do and you don't hit, FanDuel is going to give you $1,000 back in bonus bets for you to try again. That's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, to get in on that, all you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Uh, once you do that, Go check out uh, what you can do for bets on Major League Baseball. They got a lot of futures. Uh, we've talked about this. We've been talking about Matt McClain now for a couple days. There are actually odds over on FanDuel right now for Matt McClain to win the National League Rookie of the Year. They're not great odds, 100 to 1, but there are odds. So as Jeff likes to say, so you're saying there's a chance. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet today of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. And 
Now that sports betting is legal in Ohio, Locked On has you covered with the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers. You can download and subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast for daily picks and analysis that are going to help you place the smart bets. Locked On Bets is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow this podcast on all platforms, including YouTube for the live folks here right now. Thanks for being here. It's my favorite show of the week. Can't wait to dive into your questions and comments. Uh, you can also follow us between shows on Twitter. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's because spelling is hard. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff. We have reached my favorite part of the day. We're going to dive into some questions and some comments. I just want to say right out of the gate, there is an entire section of the chat early on that deals exclusively with your chest hair. We're not going to dive into that, but I could <laughs> totally see your chest hair ending up with a parody account on Twitter at some point in time today. I'm just saying. Don't tempt anybody. <laughs> no, it's going to happen, dude. If they don't do it, I am. It's going to happen today. <laughs> Listen, let's let's jump into some of these. Uh, I saw one way back up. Let me go find it because it's from our good buddy Dave Pemberton. And I want to start there with the questions in the comments. And I can't find it to put it up on the screen because these guys are super active. There it is. Here we go. Dave Pemberton says, The Inquirer proposed the question, what do the Castellinis have to do to earn back the trust of the fans? The only answer, I think, is to win a World Series. What are your guys' thoughts? I've thought a lot about this because we've been seeing a couple of Castellini pieces show up in the daily media uh, from out in Goodyear. One of them was an interview with Bob Castellini talking about his thoughts on the plan and the youth and all that stuff. And I, it's, I've had these thoughts and I've, I've asked myself this question. And Jeff, the answer I came up with uh, kind of keeps me where I've always been. There is nothing that the Castellinis can do to earn back the trust of the fans in Cincinnati. I think if the Reds won a World Series this year, uh, when they hand him the trophy, when Manfred hands Bob the trophy, Bob gets booed. That's what I think. I find this interesting because how low of an opinion about three years ago did we have of Mike Brown? Pretty sure if he walked down the banks, people throw bottles at him. He wasn't going to, and I don't think any, I don't think too many people would do that, but there'd be a couple of drunks that probably have a, a mind of their own to try and do that. But now nobody talks about him which is the best outcome for any sports owner, unless you're Steve Cohen and then people just, you know, they, they build churches in your honor because you just spend all of your money on your favorite team. But the, I think that when it comes to what the Castellinis can do, winning cures all ales. And if they get to a point where we are in the World Series, and if they get to a point where this rebuild actually works and we are we are perennial, not just one or two years, and then we're back to this whole cycle again, but perennial contenders and and thorns in the sides of the Cardinals and constant NL Central division champions and things like that. I think they can rebuild their reputation. But the key to what I just said is not one year. They got to do mul it's multiple years of this. And I think the other thing that would kind of help that out, and I don't know that, I, that they'd ever do this, but I, for me, I, I think it would be nice, is if they just came out and they said, you know what, 
we understand that this team has kind of floundered a lot under our ownership. We're taking our hands off the wheel. We're letting our baseball people do the thing because that's what we surmise. That's what we are low-key hoping is the case. But if they can confirm that, they can start repairing their reputation in my mind a little bit. I'll say this, Jeff. Um, I mean, you're right about that last part. Uh, the Mike Brown comparison, I understand where you're going with that. I don't ever remember Mike Brown directly calling out the fans. No, that's I don't true. I don't remember Mike Brown not once but twice looking into a, a microphone or a camera and saying, where are you going to go if I don't put a better product on the field? So would you say that the Castellinis have a worse reputation right now than Mike Brown has ever had? Yes, absolutely. Because... Um up at that time that everybody hated Mike Brown, this was still a baseball town. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's when you compare the two, I, I, I really, I just don't see how they can repair things. I, I yeah. really don't. I, I mean, well, time will tell that's, that's I'm sure just, the easy answer for most people is sell the team. Um, mm-hmm. But that's obviously not going to repair. That's just going to remove them from our minds. And right. quite frankly, I think a, a lot of people would prefer that. But yeah, I, I think that if they were to remain the owners of this team, they got to win multiple years. They got to be a, con- a constant contender. And they've got to confirm to us that they are no longer meddling in the operations of this team. They are writing checks. They are setting budgets. And they are letting their baseball people do. I thought that was a great question from Dave. I've been seeing these articles, so I wanted to start there and just kind of get that one out of the way early because I've been I've been thinking about that, too. Uh, Let's get back into this first base talk for just a second. There were some thoughts while we were talking about it. And uh, let's get into some of that. Bill Dunstan says uh, lots of time for Stevenson at first base until Joey is ready. Uh, Let me ask you this, Jeff. Do you think that could be the case? Or do you think that David Bell will stick with that plan that he outlined at the beginning of spring for Tyler Stevenson, which is that he's going to catch 40% of the time. He's going to play a couple days a week at first base and then he'll DH the rest of the time, which, which direction do you see that going? I think that he could possibly play more at first base, at least initially, because the delineation was 40% catcher, 40% DH, 20% first base. It could be more like, you know, 30% 30% DH, 30% first base. Will Myers is going to get the bulk of the time at first base. Will Myers has shown himself to be a pretty decent fielder there in his career, and he has ample experience at the position. So I could see I could see that being the case where he plays most of the time there, and then you could sprinkle in if, if Chad Pender is on the roster or something like that or Nick Solak or you know those kind of guys could get one or two starts, maybe maybe just one start a week. But you don't have to throw Tyler Stevenson out there every day at first base, because I do think that that sort of undermines the plan a little bit because the whole idea of getting him 140 or 150 games hedges a lot more on DH than it does on first base. I say this name, Jeff. Sag. 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 Okay. (laughs) Knowing that Joey's time is limited with the Reds, I want him back as soon as possible so I can maximize the time seeing Joey play. I agree. Jeff and I are both, listen, Jeff and I are both right there with you on this, but it needs to be when he's ready. I don't want a bad Joey Votto just to say I could see Joey Votto. I want Joey Votto to come back and be successful. So I'm willing to wait, you know, six weeks into the season. If that means when he comes back, he can tear it up. 
I've said a couple of different times throughout spring training in the offseason that Joey Votto deserves mad respect for hitting 11 home runs and playing as much as he did last year on one arm. That being said, I don't want to see that moving forward. I want to see the new and improved Joey Votto with two arms and see what he can do because I believe that he's going to come back super fresh and we're going to see him smashing baseballs. At least that is my initial belief as to how that's going to go down. And actually, too, and this this kind of brings it back a little bit to what we talked about with Zips. Remember, Zips didn't even have him hitting more than 25 home runs. Like his 95 percentile outcome for the year is him hitting 25 homers. And I wonder if there was a little bit of them preparing for him to not be in the lineup for maybe the first couple of weeks of the season or something like that. For the audio folks that we're going to wrap up the uh, audio feed and the rest of the Q and a is going to be available as a bonus episode in your feed a little bit later today, YouTube folks stay right here. I'm going to wrap for the audio folks. And then we're going to dive right back in to these comments and questions audio guys. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on reds coming up on Monday. Jeff is going to tell us why David bell deserves a multi-year contract extension. Now that's not right after he trades Jonathan India because Jeff, Hates Jonathan India. I said, Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the I day. I did not say that. <laughs> now, for your second listen, check out the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like Locked on Reds. They are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.